You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia, joined by Nick Gelso of CLNS Media. This is the Garden Report, powered by FanDuel. Finally, September 1st, 2017, Celtics fans get to see right behind us on the dais Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward together. It was really worth the wait, I thought, uh, Nick, uh, for these two players, along with, obviously, Danny Ainge, Wick Grosbeck, Steve Paliuka, and Brad Stevens, to introduce themselves to Boston. We heard a lot of reality-based talk from Kyrie Irving. He wanted to keep things real. Danny Ainge did not want to get into the discussions with the Cleveland Cavaliers over the last week, which almost threw a snafu into uh, the last-minute trade that went down between the Cavaliers and Celtics but bottom line Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving are here together your biggest takeaways what were your impressions of their attitudes here up on the stage Trag saying all the right things Gordon Kyrie totally pumped up for the season talked about a lot of reality-based stuff there was a lot of back and forth between Gordon behind whispering in each other's ears seems like chemistry's there already and then of course the mention of Al Horford which is great bringing that big three together well, I thought what was also very interesting is uh, at the very end, as a matter of fact, uh, it was Jeff Goodman of ESPN bringing up the question of LeBron James. And while you might think, you know, midway through the presser, Kyrie didn't want to get into it, at the very end, I thought he was very articulate. It was very well thought out. He thanked LeBron. He has not heard from LeBron James, by the way, since the trade went down. And he acknowledged that. But he did give credit for the things that LeBron and he and the Cavaliers accomplished over the last three years in Cleveland. Tregs, what I love, too, is the love for Jay Crowder and IT from basically what is their replacement players. A lot of respect there. A lot of talk about the franchise championships. But, yeah, the LeBron mention, I thought Kyrie was honest. I thought he was forthright. And I thought he said the right things in that matter. I mean, kind of shocking he hasn't spoken to LeBron. There were people in, in around the media saying maybe LeBron was impacting him not leaving or holding up the deal. Obviously not, at least not with Kyrie. Maybe uh, one of the biggest takeaways I had, Nick, from uh, Gordon Hayward was him thanking Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and uh, Kyrie Irving also mentioning the passing of uh, Jay Crowder's mother, which was obviously incredible. And IT's sister, but Jay Crowder's mother passing on the night that the trade went down a week ago. So there were some very emotional moments here up on stage. Absolutely. The biggest takeaway, though, Treggs, these guys are ready to play ball. Yep. The, their look towards Brad Stevens, such a young coach, and yet absolutely somebody that, that they look up to and are, are excited to work with. 
I'm excited for the season, Trags. I don't know about you. I think uh, we all are excited, Nick. I don't think there's any uh, reason not to be excited given, you know, the power in terms of the talent behind us uh, here on Friday morning at TD Garden. It was a press conference that some people thought wouldn't take place until media day later in the month, but September gets off to quite the bang of a start for Celtics fans, and it's great to see. And certainly we'll have more myself and Jared Weiss in part two of the Garden Report today as we wrap up the festivities here at TD Garden. He is Nick Gelso. I'm Mike Petralia, CLNS Media. Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia. This is Jared Weiss, and this is the Garden Report, part two for September 1st, 2017. Finally, the day arrived, Jared, where Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were on the stage together along with Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. A lot of funny moments, I thought, for a press conference that was long anticipated. And I want to talk here in part two of the Garden Report, powered by FanDuel, about the kind of grief that Danny, excuse me, that Brad Stevens was giving Kyrie Irving about his defense. Kyrie Irving kind of acknowledging um, through back channels up on stage that maybe he his defense could use some improvement. And Brad and uh, Brad Stevens said that. I coached you in a game where you gave up 109, where we gave up 195 points. How will Brad Stevens make the best use of Kyrie Irving on both ends of the court? I mean, it's kind of up to Kyrie, really. You know, Kyrie has been known to be only the only defender that's actually considered worse than him at the NBA in his position happens to be Isaiah Thomas. Right. So, you know, defense is all about effort, awareness, and being proactive. And that's something that Kyrie has never really done consistently in the past. We've seen him be able to do it on occasion. He locked down Steph Curry in the finals a couple years ago. He's capable of doing a lot of great things. Being the leader that he wants to be, fulfilling all the things that he said up there on stage today, that requires him to put in a level of effort and consistency that he hasn't done before. To be a great player, you have to be a two-way player. Right. The only guys that get away with it are James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and those guys have the highest usage rates we've ever seen in their lives. So Kyrie needs to be committed to doing it, he needs to be committed to learning how to be smarter about it. The team thinks he can do it. Based on that report from Howard Beck that came out yesterday, a Bleacher Report, apparently Cleveland thinks he can do it. Everybody else in the league does not think he can do it. So, you know, Kyrie is putting all this pressure on himself. I like the fact that he's basically saying this whole thing is about putting the pressure on myself to be the best. And, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. So, uh, one of the points that Brad Stevens made, and Kyrie Irving as well, the most important day will be the first day of training camp that these guys all get together. Actually, the first day uh, team meeting before training camp actually officially begins. What do you think Brad Stevens' message is, not only to Kyrie Irving, but Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, everyone else on this team, when the Rubik's Cube, as Steve Bullpen mentioned to Danny Ainge, has been busted you know, to start this season? Well, there's no clear leader on this team. I think, obviously, Al Horford will maintain that senior leadership status there. But, you know, Kyrie made a point that I think was not a veiled shot at LeBron, but kind of referencing why he wanted to be out of Cleveland is that he didn't want to feel worried about stepping on someone else's toes and vice right. versa. So these these three guys are clearly the leaders of the team. They need to establish a dynamic where the three of them are supporting each other and leading by example for the rest of the team and that all the other young guys, guys like T. Rowe and Marcus, everybody else that they referenced, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're looking at them and they're following their model and there's not yelling at each other. There's not contradicting each other. It's all about right. being lockstep with each other. They don't have that continuity that they had from years past. 
And they're basically build, they're building up from the ashes to a degree, but they still have Horford in there. They still have Smart, who's a tremendously hard worker, super aggressive guy, a get-on-my-level kind of guy. So they have those leaders in place, which is crucial. But, I mean, this is really mostly about Kyrie, who is a very always had a reputation as being kind of a passive-aggressive, quiet leader. He can't be that person anymore. He knows that he needs to be the person that is talking every single day, that is working harder than everyone else, which I definitely don't think is an issue with Kyrie. I mean, I've watched his pregame work workout routine it is the best that i've seen of any player in the nba it's incredible but he needs to realize that being a great leader is about being the hardest worker out there and being the most optimistic and dedicated every single day he needs to achieve that if they're going to do it because he's he's the best player on this team and he needs to show that he's working to be better than everybody else the final point i want to bring up with you jared and i know you're an x's and o's type of guy you watch the game very very closely the celtics are going to play defense i think a lot differently than people have become used to under a Brad Stevens type. You mean not as well? Uh, no, a lot different. They're going to try, obviously, to play defense like Seth, uh, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors play, and that means off the ball, switching screens constantly, and that is how I think they're going to try to use Kyrie Irving defensively to maybe you know, accommodate uh, some of those weaknesses and address some of those weaknesses for Kyrie Irving. You know, the funny thing about the weaknesses in Kyrie and Isaiah's game, they're a little bit different as far as defense is concerned. Isaiah would get exposed defensively by his lack of size. You know, we saw against the Wizards in the semifinals, Otto Porter was posting him up relentlessly. Kyrie, but point being, Isaiah would fight through screens, do the kind of stuff that a point guard needs to do on defense. With Kyrie, his issue is that he's lazy getting through the pick and roll defense. He gets caught out of plays a lot, kind of similar to what we saw out of Rajon Rondo in his last couple of years, where he went from being an elite defender to just kind of playing when he wants Average. to Kyrie needs to be a good defender especially as a point guard where your job is mostly just to kind of keep track of the ball and get through all that stuff so that the defense doesn't collapse for him it's about just really reading the pick and roll getting out there early and following through and fighting through contact if he can do that that can make them more effective defensively than they were even last year despite that they're losing the on-ball value that Avery provides and I mean Marcus is going to have to step into that role People I've talked to with the Celtics are looking at Marcus to step into that role of defensive consistency and leadership that Avery provided. So that's I think that's one of the big things they're looking at. Gordon is a very good defender, so he's going to be able to provide that. Losing Crowder's versatility is tough. They're looking at Marcus Morris to step up his defense in the way they're looking at Kyrie to do it. If they get there from those guys, they're going to be – I mean, they weren't an elite defensive team last year. They became a more elite offensive team. They were, I think, 15th in the league in defensive rating or so. So as long as they maintain that, get a little bit better, they're going to be in a better position for now. I- this year. I, I think, Jared, it's going to be fascinating to watch exactly how Brad Stevens gets the most out of this team and so many different pieces coming into training camp in 2017. By the end of this month, we're going to start to see some of those indications, I think, from Brad Stevens, what he's been thinking about the last week or two, what the different pieces are going to look like when they mesh together. We'll have complete coverage on clnsradio.com and CLNS Media Network. Be sure to hit it up there. He is Jared Weiss. I'm Mike Petralia inside TD Garden, and this has been the Garden Report powered by FanDuel. What's going on, everybody? It's Jimmy Toscano here from the Garden Report, and I have a very important message for football fans, and more specifically, fantasy football fans. That's right, folks. The wait is over. Football is back, and that means FanDuel is back. So, what is FanDuel? Well, fantasy football for the everyday fan is a new contest. Every week, which means no busted seasons. That player you drafted who went down in training camp, doesn't matter. Start a new team in week two. Contests start at just $1. Pick one, pick a team, and watch your score rack up in real time. 
Over 2.5 million players have won cash playing FanDuel, including, yes, yours truly, I got lucky one time. So sign up today, go to FanDuel.com, click the Join Now button, and use my code, GARDENREPORT. You can try it for free with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000. Just sign up using promo code GARDENREPORT, all one word. That's FanDuel.com, promo code GARDENREPORT. Void where prohibited. Good morning and welcome everybody to the TD Garden. Glad you could join us here this morning for a historic and proud moment in Celtics history. We welcome the new, two newest Celtics to our squad. We will have Brian present the jerseys first to the newest players, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywood for pictures first. Then we'll have President of Basketball Operations, Danny Ainge, make a couple opening remarks. Then we'll open up for questions and answers after that. Thank you everybody for being here. We're very excited today to uh, introduce you to Gordon. Some of you have talked to Gordon over the phone, um, but for all sorts of different circumstances, it was very challenging. He came out to uh, from San Diego cross-country twice in order to, with the idea of meeting our media that just didn't work out, uh, logistical reasons. And uh, we're glad to have him here with us. His family just landed late, late last night, so his two little girls are probably sleeping right now. Hopefully. And uh, they're not able to be with us, but we welcome them to Boston also. And um, Kyrie is filming a movie down in Atlanta. Uncle Drew, um, his strength coach, Robin Pound, calls it an hour and a half commercial, but I'm anxious to see the reviews, get the real reviews. We welcome Kyrie's people here too. Jeff uh, Wexler, his agent here, and Strength coach, Robin Pound, my um, dad, my uncle, Alex, family. Who else? Am I missing? Oh, stand up, Kyrie's dad. Stand up. Oh man, come on! <laughs> wow. Boston University legend. <laughs> 
right. They retired his jersey at BU, didn't they? Yes, they did. All right, number 11. Mm -hmm. Just to say on behalf of the Celtics, since 1946, we've been a championship-driven organization, and um, we believe we've added two players here who are championship-quality players on the court and championship-quality people off the court in the community. And the more I've gotten to know them recently, and the more I've watched them over their careers, but it, it, even recently getting to know the qualities of their uh, intense desire to be the best they can be on and off the court makes me convinced that they're a great fit for Celtic pride and for our drive towards Banner 18. So I just want to personally welcome and thank Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving for joining the Celtics. Members of the media, if you have questions, please, we will have microphones on both sides of the room. Please state your name and affiliation for us. Thank you very much. TaylorSnowCeltics.com. Welcome, guys. Uh, Kyrie, you've said that you wanted to be in a place where you can maximize your potential. Why do you feel that Boston could be that place for you? Uh, well, uh, first and foremost, before we get into that question, um, before we uh, get dive into the importance of uh, why we're all here, I just want to appreciate everyone up here on the stage um, and the opportunity that's uh, in front of us to go after something that's bigger than ourselves. Um, but before we get to that, um, I just wanted to say that uh, sometimes we get lost into these two hoops in this basketball, that um, the most humane things that make us human, um, we lose track of sometimes. And I want to take a time out to um, you know wish my my well energy and, and heartfelt to uh, Jay Crowder um, and, his, and his mother, because um, that's a hard situation to go through, especially when we, when it gets wrapped up in all this, um, as well as IT sister, and as well as those affected in Charlottesville and those affected in Houston. Um, that is all reality-based, and I live in that world. Um, in this basketball, me perfecting my craft is very important to me, um, but outside of this game, I live a very much real life. and. Um, I appreciate all the people around me as well as all the human beings that I end up meeting. Um, and I just wanted to come out and say that, that my appreciation for the world goes deeper than I think a lot of people realize. And um, I take my respects for all those people as well as everyone affected by anything. Um, you know, we're all here with you and um, my prayers are with you. So um, now that I said that, uh, now that I could officially move on to answering that, um, being a part of or getting the opportunity to be a part of such a illustrious organization such as the Boston Celtics. Man, I grew up watching so many different films and I asked Danny if, um, when we were at a dinner uh, if I could get a few of his VHS tapes <laughs> from those championship uh, runs that they had. Um, Stone and tablets. <laughs> all those and um, um, when, when you have the, uh, the unique opportunity of having special people and being a part of an organization like this, and um, they do everything possible in order to put themselves out there to make such a, a great thing happen. Um, you're just appreciative, and I'm grateful. And I can't wait to get on the floor and uh, to maximize my potential. I just want to be around those incredible coaches and those incredible minds and incredible individuals. And I felt like um, in doing that, uh, Boston came right at the exact time, and it was meant to be that way. So I trust in that, and um, I'm glad to be here. And Gordon, do you feel similar? I mean, why do you feel like this is a place where you can continue to grow as well? Uh, yeah, uh, similar to, to what Kyrie has just said. 
um, just the, the people that are you know, here at this organization, the history that they have. Um, Coach Stevens, um, I, I, I think that uh, I've kind of scratched the surface of what I can become. And um, you know, I think being here with, with the city and the fans, um, it just, it's, it's really exciting to be here. I think it's going to be a great year and for sure think that you know, we can all improve and get better. Kyrie, in the middle. Um, Kyle Hightower of the Associated Press. Um, in your thank you note to, to Cleveland on Instagram, you, you referenced uh, Robin there as a 19-year-old kid and taking the next step now in your journey as a 25-year-old man. I'm curious what you think the next step in your evolution is and why you think it took switching locations to, uh, to continue it. Um, well, when you get drafted into this great league, um, you know, you, some of us come in at different ages and – as a 19-year-old kid, if you think about it, I'm starting my first year of college or finishing my first year of, co uh, first year of college, my freshman year, and uh, life hits. Man, you, you go to different hotels, you're in different places, in different cities, and you have to adjust to what's going on. And um, it took me a little while to do that. On the court was incredible, but and then you start figuring out what is important to you off the floor and how it's conducive for your development on the floor. Then you start finding that importance and then it all starts making sense. Um, it took a few things for me to go through in Cleveland for me to understand that. Of learning the hard way, I mean, but we're all human beings, and I think that we've all been through a few hard times to where it's changed the landscape of what you think and what you feel. So um, it, was, it, was my, it was my time to, to do what was best for, for me in terms of my intentions, and that's going after something bigger than myself and honestly being in an environment that is conducive for my potential. And I think that statement is just self-explanatory because um, it's pretty direct in terms of what my intent is and it's to be happy and be with a, a group of individuals that um, I can grow with. And that is not a knock on anything that has transpired in my six years because it was an unbelievable experience, man. I mean, to think about what we accomplished in Cleveland and then individually as well. It bypasses the amount of moments that I had with all the special people out there. So that me leaving there wasn't about basketball. It was more or less about creating that foundation of me in Cleveland and then now uh, taking this next step as a 25-year-old evolving man and being the best basketball player I can be. Jeff Goodman with ESPN. Kyrie, everybody kind of wanted to know why you left Cleveland specifically. You say it's to, to kind of grow and, and be able to maximize your potential. What was the biggest issue in Cleveland that you felt like you weren't able to realize that potential? Uh, I wouldn't call them issues. Um, it is exactly what I just said, and that's where it will always be because that was my intent. Um, it was um, an unbelievable journey, an unbelievable ride, but um, I knew that I wasn't going to – come up here to, to uh, specifically point at individuals, specifically point at what issues here, whatever, because that's not, that's not important to me at all. And it'll, it'll be a, an unbelievable experience to, for something new and, and to be in a, in a place like this where everyone will gravitate not only to us as individuals, but us as a collective group and a team. And they've done it past years before us, and they will continue to do it past years after us. And I just want to be a part of that. So. Uh, this question is for Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. This city, uh, the fan base is loyal to to a core, but at the same time, if you you know if you don't play well, if you don't do well, the fan base also lets you know. Um, how do you guys plan to deal with both sides of 
times when it's fantastic and they're all over you, and times when it's not going so well and they're all over you. Yeah, G, that one. <laughs> um, it's, the, uh, it's the ownership's fault when it goes badly. <laughs> they know yeah. that. I mean, I think uh, we've been in this league long enough to realize that it's like that a lot of places. I think what's special about here is it seems like they're pretty educated sports fans here, um, so they know a little bit more. And uh, for us, at least for me individually, I've never tried to get too high on the highs, too lows on the lows, because it can change really quickly um, either way. And, um, you know, I don't really try to not look at what, what outside people think. We look at who's in the locker room. We believe in ourselves, and you kind of keep it moving from there. Raul Martinez with NBC Boston. Gordon, you know, you accepted this deal knowing that you had Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder. With this process with Kyrie and the trade, what was kind of going through your mind seeing that's now a completely different roster with IT gone and Kyrie there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, IT did a tremendous job as far as helping recruit me here to the city of Boston. He talked about Boston as a city, the fans, um, the organization, the coaches, the people that are involved uh, behind the scenes. And, um, you know, he was somebody that I was definitely excited about playing with. He's, he had an unbelievable player, unbelievable year last year. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I, if I said that wasn't the truth. Uh, but I've, like I just said, I've been in this business long enough to realize it is a business. You know, things happen. Um, things can change. And... You know, I, I, I go from an opportunity playing with IT and the rest of the, the, the guys that were on to now playing with Kyrie Irving, who's an unbelievable, you know, one of the best basketball players in the league and another great opportunity for me. Um, and, and same thing as far as the other players go as well. You know, Jay Crowder, tremendous basketball player. Um, unfortunately, that I won't get a chance to play with him. Um, but you know, at the same time, we get Marcus Morris, uh, Aaron Baines, Marcus Smart, Rogier, two young guys, Jason and Jalen. Um, and so I'm big Al. Big, yeah, big Al Horford yeah. for sure. Um, he, he was he was there with me too, recruiting me. And uh, you know, so the opportunity is still there for me and I'm going through it. You know, it's something I'm just looking at and just excited. Excited about, you know, coming here, moving to Boston, <clears throat> moving my family here, and uh, thrilled to get the season going. It's about to be crazy, G. <laughs> Kyrie, this question is for you. Josh Brogadier with Channel 5 here in Boston. Do you feel the additional challenge now of, of the burden of taking this team on your shoulders, knowing Isaiah Thomas is not here now, and you taking that on as the point guard? Fans obviously had an attachment to Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Wondering your thoughts on that. Um, is there ever such thing as one person carrying a whole team? I don't, I don't think so. Um, and when you have a collection of individuals that we're all having one mission and one goal, and collectively getting better every single day, there are a lot of moving parts. And you have to depend on those moving parts to do their job at the ultimate ability that only they, they'll know. And it's our job to bring the best out of one another every single day. And I think that that's been echoed um, throughout this whole entire organization, as well as the players and the tradition that's here in Boston. Um, there is no one player. There are some very, very special talents. But I think that the teams get remembered more than the players sometimes, even though we had, you guys do have some Hall of Famers here. I, a few, a few, a few numbers retired in those rafters. <laughs> so um, I think the appreciation um, goes a lot deeper because of that team atmosphere. And there is no such thing as, a, as putting the team on your shoulders. Um, you'll, you'll see some unbelievable things for from probably 1 through 15, and 
will be just as elated as if it was the first guy, the second guy, or third guy. And that's the common knowledge that I have of this game that was given to me and the love that I, and that I have for it. Because of being on a special team like that and having special individuals and looking the man in the eye and telling them that you can depend on me, there's nothing like that. So. Brian Robb, Boston Sports Journal. This question's for Danny. Um, after the trade was you know, originally announced last week, obviously it took a little longer to get it finalized. Were you guys surprised that the Cavs were looking for more compensation there and that just it took so long for everything to come together? Um, I won't comment on any of our communication over the last week. It's private. Kyrie, uh, Mike Petralia, CLNS Media. Um, obviously, Danny just said that he can't comment, but emotionally for you, what has the last week been like? The roller coaster, it's had to have been some sort of roller coaster as the two teams tried to work things out. Uh, well, throughout this time, I've been very patient in the approach. Um, I knew what the intent was when I asked for the trade initially, um, and it just was left at that, um, just patiently waiting. So it was, it was honestly the most human thing I could have done, which is ride the, the roller coaster wave of emotions. Um, but the important thing was at the time was honestly coming off of the finals loss and kind of not wallowing in my sorrows, but trying to figure out the next step in order to achieving that goal. And um, in doing that, uh, made it just a very courageous decision in order to take my, my myself and, and my intent and want to be a part of something bigger than myself. And whew, when Boston came and knocking, I was answering. So um, it, it was it was pretty awesome about the way it all transpired. Because um, throughout this time, I didn't say anything, not a word. And it was just assumptions and who said this said and this camp and this source. And I don't want to dive into that, but I didn't say anything purposely because that's not the real life I live in in terms of what you want, what this guy wants, and this person saying this one, what you can and can't do. I have a daughter and I have a family that I love dearly. And once I knew that the team was going to uh, make a move, I, I was just patiently waiting. And, that was, and that's been the approach the whole entire time. So... Jeff Goodman with ESPN. Following up on that, Kerry, what, what was the last you know five days like? Were, were you down in Atlanta filming? Did that take your mind off it a little bit? Was there a point when you thought the trade wasn't going to go through? Uh, just been patient, man. I, I I had no other choice. I've just been patient in my approach in terms of of, of waiting. Um, like I said, once I knew that this illustrious organization had a chance to to, to get me and talking to Danny and, and Coach Stevens as well as Wick and the rest of the ownership group, it, it made sense. And um, I was just waiting for it to, to finally happen. But I know that while I was on set and I got the call, I, I cursed probably twice. And then I ran out and I, I took a moment outside on the side of the street of Atlanta watching the cars pass by. And, I took in that moment because it really meant something, and it was the start of something anew, and I knew that I was going to come in contact with some other great individuals, and we were going to go after something special. Kyrie, to your left, about uh, four rows back here on the end. A lot of teams to beat in the East, but it's pretty clear. My name's Tom Lydon, Boston 25 News, by the way. A lot of teams to beat in the East, but it's pretty clear the team to beat the last three years has been Cleveland. I'm sure you've put some thought, now that you're on the other side, about what the key is to beating a team like that that has the track record it has of getting to the finals three years in a row? Um, 
from a strategic standpoint, I think that Coach Stevens can answer that better. Um, and uh, from the other standpoint of what reality is, uh, we haven't met or sat down with everyone as a collective and gone over the important things and important steps that it takes in order to build into something special. So um, until we get to that point, I think I will have a better answer for you. But as of now, um, I'm just happy to finally get my jersey on the stage, as well as with Gordon and as well as the rest of my teammates and meeting them over the next few days. So, <clears throat> uh, Steve Belpet, Boston Herald. Brad, um, you had a 53-win team last year, and you put it together, and Danny took the Rubik's Cube and smashed it. What's this like for you now trying to put this this group together? <laughs> well, you know, I think that's that's one of the things that we talk about all the time is that each each team's its own entity. Um, and, you know, even when we've had uh, more guys back and more continuity the last couple of years, you still go into the season and you have to you have to work on all the important things, all the things that add up to ultimately giving yourself just a chance to win. And you know, we've got, I thought Kyrie's answer was really good. We, we haven't met yet. Um, obviously, you know, we're still in the, in the off season where we're limited in what we can do. Um, and when we have our first team meeting, uh, when training camp begins, that's going to be important because um, we need to set the tone for, um, you know, building a foundation on both ends of the floor. You know, I think that we have to be, uh, as you know, the most important thing to me over the last few years is we all know in Boston what we're shooting for. You know, that's a, that's a given, right? That's, that's what you're playing under, both in this facility and at the practice facility. Um, but ultimately, the path is, are you getting better? And so the good news about um, our opportunity is, is that we get a chance to go to work. We should be excited about our opportunities ahead. We've got a lot of good players in the room. Uh, and we're all going to have to find out what, we, what role we can play in order to help us get better. What am I doing? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what you do all. That's what you do all. That's what you do all, all, all off season is you're thinking about it nonstop. Um, usually, a lot of your stuff is is you're, you're finalizing in early August, and there's not that much significant change after that. Um, but it's a great challenge. This is part of the challenge of, of, of coaching. And part of the most you know, exciting thing about coaching is the opportunity to put a team together. And it can only happen you know, if your best players right, are guys that really want to be a part of something special as a group and you know, appreciate and value what everybody brings to the table. And you've already heard the answers up here. Um, so we're starting off with a great foundation. And I think with these guys and Al and with, um, you know, some of our young players, um, you know, I think we've got a, it's going to be a fun growth process. Uh, Kyrie, Tom Westerholm with Mass Live. Um, from what you've seen as an opponent, what are you looking forward to about playing in uh, Coach Stevens' system? Oh, uh, by the way, big fan of Mass Live, bro. Got some good highlight tapes. Um, um, <laughs> no, I had one from the 2010 Spalding Hoop Hall Classic. Happy to help. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, 
to uh, to be honest, I, I've only had the uh, unique opportunity of of playing against Coach Stevens over the last uh, few years. So, um, and, and I coached you in a game where we gave up 197 points. Yeah. <laughs> you know that goes back to just playing both ends of the floor, Coach. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it, now that I get to experience it firsthand, it's um, you know just of how intelligent I've uh, heard that he is as a coach and as well as his coaching staff, and um, to 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 understand how maniacal he is in terms of the finite details of maximizing what you can out of the players that you have on the floor, and looking at it and scheme wise, it's a pretty. Equatable offense in terms of what everyone's skill set is out there on the floor, um, and I figured I picked that out in about two minutes that we we're out in the game. By the way, they were running their plays. There's always two or three steps, or let me give them credit, four steps ahead, um, because it's 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 a constant it's a constant uh, wave in the game. Um, in in a change, it could go up and it can go down. And to understand those frequencies and to understand how you still exist and all that and get the maximum potential out of who you have on the floor, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's Coach Stevens. And um, that's just from an observer standpoint. Um, so the appreciation I have for his knowledge of the game, I just can't wait to steal some stuff and, and honestly learn and grow with a, a guy like that as well as the other coaches that he has that I can't wait to meet. Um, so this is a, an exciting time to have an outstanding coach like that. We have a couple more questions, folks, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have to wrap it up, please. Thank you. Kyrie and Gordon, Mark D'Amico, Celtics.com. First and foremost, welcome to Boston. Um, secondly, I'm just curious what the relationship was between you two before today. All-star opponents. Um, I think... The first thing is that it's like destiny. We both have March 23rd birthdays, so it's bound to happen at some point in time. Um, but uh, what was that, 2012? 2013? 2013. 2013. Um, I actually was – I went to Cleveland on a visit um, when I was a restricted free agent, and Kyrie came in and, you know, was, was saying how much fun it would be if, if I would be on the team. And, um you know, kind of recruited me to go there, and then LeBron came, and that kind of squashed that whole thing. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it came full circle, and here we are now. Um, but, you know, USA... <laughs> uh, but USA Basketball, we, we, we played together, and, um, you know, I think we've, we've always had a good relationship. You know, I haven't spent too much time with them. Looking forward to doing that and learning from them, but had a good relationship. Yeah. Abby Chin, CSN. Along those lines, how do you two see yourselves in your games complementing each other? Gordon. Oh, man, well, this is a bad dude to left for me. He's a bad dude. <laughs> I uh, spent about 20 minutes watching his highlights probably about two weeks ago. Um, just seeing where um, in his uh, in Utah where they were utilizing him and uh, where he likes his spots and his post-ups and his footwork. And also, he's been working with a, a common guy between us, which is which is uh, pretty pretty awesome in LA. Um, so, it, working on the game and appreciation appreciating it, and um, allowing him to to be who he is, and never worrying about whether 
um, you stepping on my toes or I'm stepping on his toes or stepping on Al's toes or, or T-Row or Marcus or all, this, all these guys that we're all in this together and um, we understand that uh, a lot of the responsibility of, of growing this team and making this team go will, will, will predominantly at times be on us but at the same time we're empowering our teammates at the same time and elevating them because this will get very real and we'll be tested in an Ooh, a number of ways, G. I, I can't wait, man, because the, the fact that already um, everyone's trying to put all this pressure on our team that we just put together and we're just uh, incorporating ourselves into um, is, is step one. And that starts in day one of training camp, and it will extend throughout. And our identity will be formed, and our existing culture they have in Boston will only grow from here. So. Hey, Kyrie, Jonathan Hall from uh, WHDH 7 News. Um, you spoke real, really eloquently about uh, the history of the city, about uh, Danny's VHS tapes and uh, all the great uh, banners up there in the Raptors, but I doubt that's the reason you came. There's a report that Brad Stevens was a major reason. Um, would you say that the coach's system sort of pushed you toward uh, Boston? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got a smart individual that you can learn the game from and be taught at the same time while growing. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of that? That's just something awesome, man, that I can share knowledge as well as gain knowledge at the same time from not only the players but the coaching staff. And that starts with our head coach. So, uh, Levin Reed, WBZ. This is for Gordon. Gordon, you obviously were with Coach Stevens in college. What has changed in that time period now that you're embarking on kind of a new relationship with um, with the Celtics? Yeah, so a lot has changed uh, since we last were together. Um, I don't know if I would have imagined 5.45 a.m. workouts at Brownsburg High School. We'd both be sitting here one day. Um, he couldn't even grow a beard last time I saw him. <laughs> that's right. I could not. Yeah. Um, Can you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I think both of us have, have grown. Um, you know, it's both for me, especially as a person and a basketball player. Um, you know, in college, your, your college coach is somewhat more like a father figure. You're younger. Um, you know, you, you lean on them a lot. And, you know, now I'm a father. And I have two, two little girls of my own. And um, definitely, just like Kyrie, grew up in Utah. Um, and had seven great years there and, you know, learned what it, what it takes to be a man and, and how to provide and uh, protect your family and look out for them. You're not just looking out for yourself anymore. And so for me, just a lot of growing up, I think, as a, as a person, um, as well as a basketball player. And, you know, I always say that Coach Stevens was the first person that, you know, I always had a dream to play in the NBA, but he was the first person that I think made me realize I could maybe get there one day. Um, and, and so to, to be back and reunited with him again, I'm just, you know, beyond excited and, and can't wait to get to work. Man, there's just ooh, a lot of tangles here. It is. A lot of circles. I come to do here. next year after your miraculous shot almost went in. You did have to bring up the dude. How many times is that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Tyree, Jeff Goodman again, ESPN. 
What's your relationship like with LeBron now, and have you spoken to him since this whole process began with asking for the trade? Um, no, I haven't uh, spoken to him. And uh, my uh, intent, like I said, was uh, for my best intentions and to look back at the amount of ground we covered in the last three-year span or even before that because we had a prior relationship and um, to, to, to really realize how special that was and how much growth happened in that amount of time. Um, I'd be sitting up here and telling you guys a lie if I didn't tell you I learned so much from that guy. The, the perfection of the craft comes in a variety of forms. And you watch and you watch and you ask a lot of the great players, um, you know, how, how, what, what does it take to be great? And I've had the unique opportunity to play with one of the greats. And it was awesome. At times it was all over just like it is in any other team. And when you look back and you're eternally grateful for the moments that you've had and you've shared, you're able to um, put peace with that journey and start anew. And this was a, a very, very uh, challenging decision at first. But after a while, when you understand and you have that confidence in yourself to, to understand um, the magnitude of, of what you actually can accomplish and potentially can do with um, other great people. And now that I'm sitting here, um, it just echoes in, in terms of me just being very appreciative of not only the Cleveland fans, uh, all of Ohio, but um, as well as Bron in, in incorporating me into that, that special team that we had in Cleveland. Because, I mean, three finals in a row, um, all the shared memories, all the individuals with T-Top Swish. I could go down the line with the guys that I played with in Cleveland, but they all know how I feel about them individually as well as um, the amount of love that we have for one another. The brotherhood exists even without all of this, and it will continue. So um, that's exactly where it is, and I'm very appreciative of it. <clears throat> Kyrie Gordon, thank you very much. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Welcome again to the Celtics and to Boston. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our press conference for today. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Thank you very much.